Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 81 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and with me today is my co-host, Mr. Mike Freeman. Mike, today is uh, something different. Something happened to me uh, a little while ago, and uh, it's exciting. We saw a student profess faith in Jesus, and that was an exciting thing for me. And I thought, man, um, I messed up a little bit. And uh, not not like big, big, but like more like, oh, I, I'm rusty. And I thought today, if you don't mind, I would love to talk to you about evangelism. And uh, so we're going to take a little break, if that's okay with you, from just our series on, uh, on on systematic theology. Yeah, I mean, this is still systematic theology in a way. We're, we're thinking about what the Bible calls us to as Christians. And so we're going to talk about evangelism. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, so today we're going to talk about evangelism. So the situation was... Um, we, we have a team of people who've been praying for a student, and she's just been really receptive to a lot of things. And there was an opportunity. She came to help me do a, a VBS work party, and in, it was in that moment we just started talking about uh, Christ, and we started talking about faith and all these things. And uh, eventually I was like, you know, young person, would you have, have you ever been just shown the gospel? Just Has it ever been laid out for you? And they said, no, actually. And so I decided to take the opportunity to do it. But here's, here's where I realized, like, oh, I need, I need help. Um, I've been trained in quite a few different tools, like the faith outline of your Southern Baptist. Uh, I've done the ABCs. I've done the, um, what are the, ten, the, the one with Ray Comfort, the Ten Commandments, the Way of the Master, mm-hmm. and all these things, and the Romans Road. She asked me for, she, she allowed me to share the gospel with her, and I blanked. So I just, hey, go, go, go grab a Bible. And so she grabbed a Bible. And while she grabbed a Bible, I just casually looked up the Romans Road to Salvation on my iPad and just Slick. smoothly <laughs> went through it. So I thought maybe, Mike, today as as a leader in the church, I know you have a, um, a, a kind of an outline that you like to follow when presenting the gospel. And I was wondering, could you just kind of walk us through that today? You bet. And I, I, the friend and I would just want to say, you know, there are lots of great tools and I, I usually tell people, find one that works for you and learn it and really master it and become really proficient at it. So you're ready. So mm-hmm. you're always ready to give a, you know, your reason for your faith, right? Yeah, yeah. Give an answer. And so um, this one works for me. This is one that I was introduced to when I was uh, late high school, early college. And this is what I used when I, um, I learned to share my faith. Oftentimes I was riding the bus from Federal Way to Seattle. And oftentimes God would give me opportunities to sit by people and conversations would open up. And, and in time, God gave me lots of opportunities to share the gospel. And so this is what I used in those opportunities as I was okay. learning how to share my faith. And it, it became ingrained in me. And okay. so then when I was a youth pastor, I trained kids like, you know, I just was so passionate about cha- tra- training kids to share the gospel and to share their faith. And same now as in a, as a lead pastor, I do the same thing. This is part of what we, we occasionally talk about, probably should do it even more than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but how do we talk about the gospel? How do we share the gospel? You, you know, you, you share all this, and actually, this is the, this is a great opportunity because now that I think about it, I'm asking you to share a tool. But we can do that first up front. But like maybe after this, because I don't think it'll take that long. Maybe if you if you want to outline maybe a process of how we approach people uh, to share to share Jesus with them, because it's not I, I, I'm not the kind of person who just off the cuff like off the street just starts preaching from the air or something like that. There's a process that I go through of just connecting and and engaging them and just kind of prayerfully considering when is an appropriate time. And we've talked in the past about, um, you know, 
a system, I guess, in a way that kind of helps people outline where they may be in, in a process. Yeah. So we can go through that if, if you yeah. don't mind that either. Yeah. We can talk uh, all sorts of different angles we can, we can talk about today. Okay. And so let me just start with this tool. And this tool is a, it's an acronym or an acrostic and it's the word gospel. Okay. And I, I think I might've mentioned this, this comes out of dare to share ministries. And so big shout out to them. The guy that leads that, his name is Greg Steer and uh, just had a great influence from a distance on my life as a young person. And then as a youth pastor. And so uh, the, the, the word is gospel. And so each of those letters represents not just a word, but a sentence that walks someone through really the entire Bible. Okay. If you, you like to think in the meta narrative, the big story, the big picture of the scripture, instead of just beginning with like, Hey, you know what? You're a sinner and you know, what's going to happen if you don't trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. It actually starts even further back. It starts with creation, which maybe this is our bridge to last week's mess or last week's podcast. Uh, yeah, God's yeah, the God who yeah. created all things. But G then stands for God created us to be with him. Okay. And I want you to notice this emphasizes God. Mm-hmm. It emphasizes that God's the one who created, but it also emphasizes that he created us relationally, that, that he wants us to know him. He made us so that we would know him. And so you can think about Genesis one and two, the first two chapters of the Bible, you have Adam and Eve being created um, in the garden, enjoying fellowship with God. God created us to be with him. And so then if the story continues, then you have O. And O is our sin separates us from God. Okay. What chapter of the Bible would this be? Since chapter three, Genesis three, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so Genesis three, you have Adam and Eve. They, they break the one command God has given them. They sin. They don't trust God. They trust the enemy. And in that, uh, our, our sin, it, it creates a separation Sin separates right. us from God. Yep. Right. And so, okay, bad. That's bad news. Well, the, the news gets worse. So in G, <laughs> yeah. G is God created us to be with him. O is our sin separates us from God. And then G-O-S, S is, do you have it in front of you? Yeah, actually, yeah, a little handout here. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Yeah. Yep. And so this is, okay, the story gets worse. And you can almost summarize the rest of the Old Testament with this phrase. Okay. Because you have, you know, you think about the Tower of Babel. Let's, let's. Let's create a tower to the heavens. You think about moral codes. Mm-hmm. Let's be good enough. Well, guess what? Nothing we can do is good enough. Right. I, I like to describe it as imagine you had the the purest, whitest, most clean carpet in the world. Mm-hmm. And then you took a blender and you poured the deepest, darkest wine in it. And you went and found some dog poop and you put it in the blender with the wine <laughs> and you blended that thing together. And then you poured it on that carpet and then you jumped on it and then let it dry. That's the effect of sin on a soul. Okay. Like, yeah, guess what? It doesn't matter how much bleach you put on that thing. That's not coming out. It's not coming out. Yeah. So, that's the state of our souls. We actually, we're spiritually dead. So God created us to be with him. That's the G. Mm-hmm. Our sin separates us from God. That's the O. And then the bad news, sin cannot be removed by good deeds. That's the terrible news. We are stuck. We are hopeless and helpless. We need a savior, which gets us to the P. Yep. Okay. And this is the linchpin. This is the hinge. This is, this is the core of the gospel message right here. Mm-hmm. And so P says. Yeah. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. This this shows us what Jesus has done for us. Jesus is, he is the one who takes our sin upon himself. 
He lived a perfect life. He's the only one who did not sin. He lived that perfect life and he died as a substitute in our place. He paid the price for our sin. And, and he didn't just die on that cross. He didn't just, not just die and then was buried. God resurrected him. He was raised from the grave. Mm-hmm. He conquered death. And so this is, this is where the story begins to shift. G, God makes us to know him. O, our sin separates us. S, we can't do anything about it. Sin separates us, or sin cannot be removed by good deed. And then you get to the P. This is, this is the gospel means good news, right? Yep. This is the good news. Look at what Jesus has done. Right. And then G-O-S-P-E, this is our response. What is E? Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. So this is our response. Our response is to trust in him. Now, I want us to notice, we trust what about Jesus? That he was a good teacher? No, that's part of it. That he could do miracles? That's part of it. What we trust about Jesus is that he is the the perfect sinless son of God who died and rose again. Mm -hmm. We put our faith that he is who the Bible says he is, and he did what the Bible said he did. That's that's our response. And notice it says, trust in him alone. Alone. Yeah. So uh, this does not mean we, we trust in Jesus and our ability to be a moral person. What a great lie that is. Right, that if if you you know if you need a little bit of Jesus and a lot of trying hard and being good and then you'll go to heaven, that is that is a lie from Satan. Right, that is that is opposite of the gospel. The gospel is you do not bring anything to the table except your sin that you need to be saved from. You and I, we we need a savior. We are not the savior, right? Mm-hmm. And so we have to trust in Him alone. Now, in that, that means this excludes trusting in whatever false religions are out there. Yep. This excludes trusting in whatever cult that is actually more uh, based upon being good yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we trust in Christ alone, mm-hmm. right? Everyone, everyone who does that, you, me, uh, our friends, our enemies, people on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what kind of demographic or ethnicity you have, everyone who yep. trusts in Christ, right? That's right. And then finally, the last one. Yeah. Uh, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Yeah. And so if you think the um, paying the price for our sin, Jesus died and rose again, that's the gospels. And you think everyone who believes in him alone uh, has everlasting life. That's really the rest of the New Testament up till the book of Revelation, maybe. And then you think of the revelation that the eternal vision of of life with it with him forever. But, but look at what it says life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. That's right. So when you become a Christian, it is not a, Hey, you're a Christian, you're saved. One day you're going to go to heaven and this life doesn't really matter. It's Mm -hmm. actually, no, the spirit of God comes and dwells in you. And so now because the spirit of God dwells in us, we actually live in relationship with God right now and we will for eternity. Yep. And so this is the, the eternal state, and, and this is the gospel acrostic, right? Yep. G-O-S-P-E-L. Now, you see, I don't have any notes in front of me. Mm-hmm. I, I've memorized this. Mm-hmm. I have worked to memorize this. I have taught this countless times. And if you listen when I preach, you're going to hear this in every one of my messages. Mm-hmm. Not, you're not going to hear me say G-O-S-P-E-L, but you'll hear this message, this theme in every single one of them because it's that important. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, this is my tool. And so when I get to have a conversation with someone, if I'm speaking with that, you know, that teenage girl that you were having a conversation with, with your group uh, work party the other day, my mind goes to, Hey, can I, can I share with you the story of Jesus? Mm -hmm. 
And I'll just, I'll walk through it. And I won't say just line after line, God created us to be with him. Our sin separated us from God. Sin cannot be removed by good deeds. Um, but I'll should be like, hey, well, it starts, God made us to know him. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It was awesome. But you know what Adam and Eve did? The same thing you and I have done. Mm-hmm. We have sinned. And so what you're highlighting right now, like it's not about just rattling off the stuff. It's kind of having a conversational tone that brings them along a, this journey because it, it is a narrative it's the narrative of the world right now that's right and we're bringing them along this journey to understand how this 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 unfolds the conflict and then the, the resolution yeah. that's right but what i would encourage our listeners is you have to memorize the frame yeah memorize the frame get it down so that i'm just like i can just sit here i can rattle it off easily mm-hmm. memorize that frame get up every day and, and read it out loud a couple of times because if you get that into you mm-hmm. and the, the story of the whole bible starts to make sense then when you do share your faith it's not like this oh my goodness my hands are sweating i'm tongue-tied i don't know what to say what if i get it wrong no it's become so natural mm-hmm. because because it's it's the most important story ever Yeah, and you can easily share it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this is, you know, this is what it looks like. I guess, step one, memorize that thing. So you're ready. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that makes sense because like these, I would say memorize it, but also understand the concepts behind them. Cause I think that's where I was struggling with the other day. It was like, I, I wanted to walk through, I like the Romans road because it's, it's script. We're walking through passage after passage after passage, but like, if you were to just talk about, I can just talk about the gospel. We can do that. And that's, I think it's, it's really important because as you have that conversation, as you lay out these, these acrostics, sometimes people have pushback or questions and you have to be ready to, to answer those as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you could take passages from Romans and you can lay it into this, mm-hmm. right? You think about God created us to be with him. Well, Romans one talks about how God's the creator, mm-hmm. right? And we see him in all things. Right, you talk about our sin separates us from God. Separates us from God. You got Romans three twenty three. That's part of the Romans road, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you, so you can you could attach each. You know, you can attach scripture to this really easily because this is the story of scripture. And so mm-hmm. when Paul, when he writes Romans as his, you know, magnum opus of the gospel, you know what? Well, he's telling the gospel. Yep, he and is. That's what we're yep. doing. Also, just in shorter version. Yeah. I have another question for you, Mike, and we didn't really talk about this before, but I know when I had shared the story of what had happened, there is an individual in our church who, who asked me, so what do you, when you guys go do the, uh, in, in, in the Christian world, we call it the sinner's prayer. Like, what do you, what do you pray about? Like, what do you, what do you guys like, what needs to happen in that prayer? And the way I answer it's like, we're praying through the gospel is what is, and, I'm, I'm, and I usually say, Hey, I'm going to walk you through a prayer. And if you understand it, I want you to repeat after me. But if you don't understand or you don't agree with it, I want you to say something, you know. And so what I'm trying to cover, hold on, it's just the gospel. Again, just making sure they understand what is happening when they say they want to give their life to Jesus. Would you have anything to say to that? Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of the sinner's prayer, the sinner's prayer is not a biblical concept, it's right? Not. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like, oh my gosh, this is where you turn to find the sinner's prayer. Mm-hmm. The, the It's more of a tradition. The heart behind it, I would say, is good, mm-hmm. right? And so the sinner's prayer is when you get to that spot where you believe someone is, they have trusted in the gospel and you're helping them respond to the Lord in prayer, mm-hmm. right? But uh, th- that's actually not... You know, that prayer is not an expectation in the right. Bible. It's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm praying with someone, I'm just like you, I'm, I'm helping them pray through the gospel. I'm, I'm saying, hey, we're, let, let's pray together. And I'll, if you want, you can repeat after me. And and here's what we're going to pray. We're going to pray that just recognizing, first of all, God, I recognize I need a savior. Mm-hmm. And thank you that you sent Jesus to be that savior, that he died and rose again. And thank you that show, showing me that he is my savior. And, uh, and I believe him. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. Help me to follow you. And uh, that's that, that's generally how I would go about that in, in such a situation. Um, but you know what is expected of someone who believes? Oh, are you waiting for me to answer? I was going to say baptism. That That is but. the New Testament. That is in the New Testament. That is the, the symbolism that demonstrates faith. Mm-hmm. That is the profession that is expected that comes with your internal confession. Yeah. That's, it's always a hard one for me when someone says, I want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, but I'm not sure if I want to be baptized just yet. Because like, well, then Jesus commands us. Like it's, yeah. that Lordship part is <laughs> it's right there. And we've talked about baptism on here before, so people can go and listen to that instead of opening that can of worms too, too, too widely today. But, uh, you know, really that's, you know, if someone is a believer, we're encouraging them toward baptism yeah. in a timely manner is what yeah. I would say. And, and today it was more about like, you know, here, giving people a tool to walk people through the gospel. I, I know that there are people within our own church that are hungry to share. They're, they are, they probably don't know the word, but it's evangelism is what they're excited about. They're getting out there sharing Jesus. And that's a tool right there that we went through just to help equip the idea of like, Hey, this is how you can share the gospel with your family, your friends, your coworkers, and all mm-hmm. those things. Uh, but earlier we had mentioned like, so that's, that's sharing the gospel though. Coming to that moment is kind of part of a, a larger a larger process, I guess. And you kind of shared uh, before all this that, that Dare to Share also puts out a um, kind of an outline of the process. Would you be willing to kind of go through that as well? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate what that ministry did in my early years because mm-hmm. they discipled me from afar in evangelism. And I just s- shared and taught others to share so many times. But but what they, they at least used to talk about, I don't know if they do now, but they talked about the this three-step idea where the first step is praying Mm-hmm. And this is praying for those people that you know who do not know Jesus and specifically praying for God to not only soften their heart, but for God to give you an opportunity. Like, so God, you know, I got, uh, you know, this guy I work with, Andrew, he's in the office right next to me. I don't think he knows you yet. And uh, <laughs> Lord, would you give me an opportunity to to have a spiritual conversation with him? And so just praying consistently. And I would say you know, get a, get a post-it note, write mm-hmm. that person's name down and put that person's name, post it on your bathroom mirror and post it in your, you know, in your car or post it at your workplace so mm-hmm. that you see their name and just commit to every time you see that name, just use it as a prayer prompt to say, Hey Lord, I'm coming to you again. This person's on my heart. I would love to see them come to know you. So start with prayer. Okay. And then second is to, uh, pursue. Okay. And this is the pursue spiritual conversations. Okay. And this is where if you get really good at asking questions, this is golden. Okay. And so when I'm interacting with someone that I, I suspect does not know the Lord and, and I would love an opportunity to befriend them and to share the gospel with them. I think about parents, I meet playing baseball, right? Mm -hmm. And parents of teenagers that I coach and of kids that I coach, you know, I'm praying for them. And then, you know, it's amazing. Like, There'll be this one day where after practice, all the other parents leave except one who is usually the one that's the first one to leave and they're lingering. It's like they want a conversation, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, the Lord just opened a door, right? And so I don't start off that conversation by like, hey, again, let me tell you, you need Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, guess what's going to happen? I start by asking questions and, and I, I do this with people I know. Mm-hmm. I even do this with people that I feel like the Lord's opening a chance encounter with someone I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm at a spot where I'm, I'm pretty confident just starting a conversation about right. things of the Lord. Um, I know that can be really scary, but I actually think people, 
maybe a hot take, I don't know. I think people usually learn to share their faith better sharing with strangers than with people close to them. I Actually, I would agree with that. It's a lot easier to share with someone that I don't know because I don't have to quote unquote live with the consequences of that conversation yep. if they're upset with me because yep. then I just kind of move on with my day. Now, I think you gotta be careful not to just be like trying to Flip notch, yeah. notch on your notches on your belt or whatever it is. But uh, that's how I learned just, I was eager. I was, I was excited and I was riding the bus every day. Mm-hmm. And so I would sit down and I'd open my Bible and someone would sit down next to me and it wasn't long before they said, so you read the Bible. I said, yeah. <laughs> and the door was open, right? Yeah. That's how I learned. And there's, there's other ways of having spiritual conversations. I think that actually is a good topic maybe for another podcast is like how, what does it look like to have everyday conversations turn into spiritual conversations. Um, we, we've talked about it before, but like I've had those opportunities when I was coaching at a, at a gym, mm-hmm. how to talk about how like there's grace and there's truth or there's like, there are standards we have to hit and how we move, but you need to have grace with yourself. And, or or you turn into like, kind of like a chaplain, like you would meet someone, they'd be going through things, you'd mm-hmm. ask them how their family is, pray for them and bring it back up, care for them. And then it, it kind of starts to evolve into you know, giving advice and pointing to scripture and things like that. But anyway, that's, yeah. So pursue spiritual conversation. And so again, I I was mentioning asking questions. So my my favorite question lately for the last couple of years has just been, Hey, what do you think about Jesus? Mm -hmm. This is just a really wide open question. And it gives me a a gauge of where they're at and it it tells them, I want to talk to them about Jesus. And depending on where the conversation goes, you know, there's a lot of different avenues we can take that. Mm -hmm. But first of all, it gets them talking and listener Make sure you listen. Mm-hmm. Don't just like, okay, they're they're talking, they're talking, they're talking. Okay, now's my end. Now yeah. I can share. Like, you know, listen to them. Ask some follow-up questions. Pay attention. I think right there is the, the key important part is that you need to listen because you're actually having a you're having a spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. This isn't a spiritual download or or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of my, you know, one of my the easy follow-up questions to that is, can I can I share with you what the Bible says about them? Mm-hmm. You know, I love this question because this question, listen, it's very strategic. I am asking permission. I am not forcing myself. Yep. I'm not saying, well, you know, you just said some things that were kind of wrong, but let me tell you the right thing. Mm -hmm. And people, 99% of the time, they say yes. This is not me getting an out so that if they say no, I don't have to share it. This is, I think people respond really well to me just showing them the respect of saying, hey, can can I share with you what the Bible says? And, Mm -hmm. And they usually they say, yeah, because I've listened to them because, you know, if they know me, they know that I actually care about them. I'm not just a, you know, a a bully or something like that about Mm -hmm. spiritual truth. And so if I get that opportunity, then I say, well, let me tell you, the Bible starts with how God created us to be with him. Mm -hmm. See what I did there? Yep. Yep. And then I just walk through it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so pray, pursue, and then the last P is persuade. Mm-hmm. And that's when you do have that opportunity yeah. where you, you can explain the gospel. You can persuade them. You can answer any questions they have. You can even say, hey, I don't know how to answer that question. Can I go talk to my pastor and then come give me a call and, and we can talk about it and, mm-hmm. and we can give you whatever resources you need to, to meet them where they are. But your goal, if they're open, is you want to persuade them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we look down in our culture of winning the, the, the idea of soul winning or winning someone to the Lord. But really, isn't that what we're trying to do? We're, we're trying to win someone over doing, so yeah. that they will trust Jesus so they will be saved. Mm-hmm. And so this is that, that simple, you know, pray, pursue, persuade, pray, pursue, persuade, and just living like that and, and being faithful in the moment to, to share when the door is opened 
and then to not share when the door is closed. Yes. I am guilty of times, I've, I've mm-hmm. told you this, kicking the door down and forcing the conversation and making sure this person is going to hear about Jesus. Right. I've done that. It does not go well. And my conclusion is I was not being led by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Spirit of God dwells in a believer, and it's it's a learning process to learn how to follow the Spirit in those moments where he, he, the Spirit might be saying, right now you're building a relationship and you're getting to that spot, and that's okay. Other times, I have not shared the gospel when I should have. Mm-hmm. That's equally wrong, equally disobedient on, on my part. Mm-hmm. And so learning to... I wouldn't say read the situation, but learning to uh, submit to the spirit, to follow the spirit in those moments, to be honestly silently praying, God, what would you have me do in this moment is key. I think what's key there is like starting this process with prayer. I think there are times and like maybe maybe a Christian might hear a, uh, a very inspiring sermon about evangelism, how we need to go seek and save the lost, and they're just ready to go. But instead of prayerfully considering like who they have within their lives or in that sphere of influence, they're just locked and loaded, not to have a conversation, but to just to just start preaching that gospel. And that's why I think it's probably those negative responses are why we hear these negative stories, which then in turn discourage people. To share, from sharing the gospel because someone else was weird about it. But we're just, again, it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual conversation. We pray about it and we're seeking to see what, what God is doing in someone else's life. And so I appreciate the process that you outlined because it does. It really does start with prayer in that. Yeah, so we've covered a lot. Uh, I think we can talk about even more when it comes to evangelism. But mm-hmm. I, I want to see what other questions do you have or other thoughts you might have as we talk about this, you know, I just think that at this moment in time, um, I appreciate you going through that and, and appreciate the tool, but also just outlining the process. I think, uh, I think what's lost in our culture right now, maybe is this idea that this is actually the responsibility of all believers. This isn't like, it's not just pastors who are supposed to go out there and, and do that. But, but what I want to encourage our listeners is like, if you are scared, if you are timid about this kind of stuff, I, I think it's okay to feel that way, but you have to kind of work through it and, and pray through it and look for opportunities. I think, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's, that's the biggest thing is I wanted to share. I'm not sure if I have another question, but maybe, maybe, maybe that is, that is a question. Mike, were, were you ever scared to, to share the gospel? Because I know for me at one point in time, I was scared. I don't know. It just feels like the more you live the gospel and the more it permeates just everyday conversation anyway, to me, sharing the gospel is not, is no different than like having just any other conversation I would be because it, it's a part of everything in my life. Anyway, you kind of just get used to that, I guess. Yeah. I I think, I think I still get scared. It's kind of like, um, you ever jumped off a high bridge or a cliff into water? Mm -hmm. Have you? Yeah, I have. You enjoy it? No, <laughs> I've done, I've done it once. Okay. So I so, hit the water pretty hard. So, okay. <laughs> and not like the way you're supposed to okay. like belly flop. Is it on film? <laughs> no. Okay. This darn. is before the days. Okay. Of, like cameras in their pockets. So I, I think about this, like uh, my oldest son, he loves doing that. And so I go with him and you know, it's, I, I think I used to enjoy it more when I was younger. And mm-hmm. now it's like, you get up to that edge and you're like, okay, here I go. Yeah. You know, and then you jump. Right. And, and you splash and you, you enjoy it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, but you, you, there's a, there's a sense of timidness, mm-hmm. a sense of fear, a sense of am, apprehension in that, in that those initial moments, mm-hmm. that's the same every time I share my faith. Okay. Right. Like, okay, Lord, you, you're opening this door. 
okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And you just step into it and you trust the Lord's going to be there with you. And as you were talking a minute ago, it reminded me again, I think I learned this from dare to share as well, but you have to remember what your responsibility is. Yes. You have to remember what God's responsibility is. Mm -hmm. And you have to remember what the person you're speaking to, what their responsibility is. And you have to make sure you don't take on the wrong responsibility. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sharing our faith, your job, my job is to share faithfully and lovingly. Mm -hmm. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Mm -hmm. You need to share the truth and you need to do it with grace, not mean, not forceful, not belligerent, Mm -hmm. grace and truth, right? That's your job to share faithfully. Right. God's job. Go ahead. I was going to say like, I think what you're speaking to part of that is that fear that like, well, if this person doesn't accept Jesus or becomes a Christian, I failed. And that's not true because that's, that's your exactly. job is just to share. It is God who saves. And yeah. that's, that's, you leave that yep. and you don't know what the larger story is that's happening in this person's life. You are just there to do this one thing at that moment in time. That's right. Yep. Which means God's job is to change a heart. Yes. God's the one that transforms the heart. No matter how persuasive or articulate you are, no matter how smart or charismatic you might be, you, there is nothing you and I can do to change a heart. God mm-hmm. is the only one that changes the heart. And then that that person you're sharing with, it's their job to respond. Mm-hmm. Now, if I try to change a heart, that's called controlling. Mm-hmm. It's them. manipulation. It's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, if I try to make the decision, that's manipulation, right? Yeah. yeah. And so at the end of the day, Stay in your lane, mm-hmm. do your part, be faithful, be gentle, be loving, be bold, be clear, be direct, be truthful, mm-hmm. and then trust God. And you know, I've heard it said many times, people, they, they oftentimes have to hear the, go- the gospel six or seven times before they come to faith. Mm-hmm. And so you might be at the front end of that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. You might be number five. Mm-hmm. You might be number six. And then tomorrow someone else is going to be number seven and they're going to say, yes, and you're going to be like, Hey, what about me? Uh, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you get to be number seven mm-hmm. and you get to be the person that has that conversation like you did this last week. Yeah. And, and that, actually, so I love that you said that because like some people are like, Oh, good job, Andrew. And this, I'm like, ah, this this has been a long process of other people lovingly walking with this, with this middle school girl sharing Christ with her. Yep. And again, this had nothing to do with me. God just called in that moment to do that. And then God did the rest. There is a much larger story happening than just this one instance in history. Yeah. And and God's at work. And so we just need to be faithful to those moments. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we talk about it a lot. We we are gardeners. Mm -hmm. We... Not, not really, but like <laughs> we, we are always planting. Mm-hmm. We are always tending to the soil of the people in our lives. We're always fertilizing and watering. We're always really what we're doing is encouraging and challenging and sharing the gospel again and loving it. But ultimately God is the one that gives the growth. God's the one that changes the heart. And so we, we rest in that and it gives us confidence in those moments when we do share because it's not on our shoulder to change someone. Yeah. And that's just a, that's a relief. Yeah. You know, thank you for, for that, Mike. And thank you for, I guess, expressing the idea like this is a process. And then this is that we're called to do this. Um, I, I, I guess you were asking my questions earlier. But one thing I was, I would love your take on is, uh, the people who, who just feel like, you know what? I do share the gospel and I'll, I'll use words if I have to, you know, that quote, you know, like share the gospel often, but use words if necessary. That's a terrible quote. Mm-hmm. I, I really think, and I, I don't think that's healthy. And honestly, I think that's a cop out and disobedient. Faith, faith comes by hearing. Yeah. That's what, 
what Romans 10 says, faith mm-hmm. comes by hearing. And so if they're not hearing you speak the gospel, they're not hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. So if you're living the gospel, but you're not sharing the gospel, you're actually not living the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, to anyone who heard that and who maybe leans in that direction of like, I'll just let my work speak for themselves. That's great. But you also need to like, you need to say something and I, I'm not, I don't want to like upset you, but that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, and just, this is, this is anecdotal. But oftentimes when I meet people who hide, who use that and say, I'll just use my words, typically as someone who doesn't enjoy uh, confrontation. And so they're scared. I'm not trying to call anyone out here, but listen, God's calling us to be bold and mm-hmm. to trust that he's at work. And if the spirit of God is calling you to share the gospel, that's full on disobedience. So uh, this is, you know, maybe, maybe pressing a button for some people, but you know, it's interesting when someone comes it's a church that I've invited from the ball fields. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen this before where they come to church and they find someone they know from work mm-hmm. and the first words out of their mouth, you know, what they are, I didn't know you go here. I didn't know you're a Christian. Oh, snap. <laughs> right? oh, and, 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 and it, it why is it because they're, you know, an arsonist on the weekend and kicking puppies? Yeah, no, they're, they're living a decent life. They just haven't verbalized their faith. They haven't, shared the gospel in a meaningful, clear way. And right. so, you know, they, they thought, oh, they're a good person. But mm-hmm. They didn't know that they, they didn't know their good person, that being a good person was tied to the yeah. good and great savior that they have. And that's, that's the issue, right? Especially in today's society, we have a lot of uh, moral atheists who from an outside view look just as moral, quote unquote, as any Christian who's just quietly living a moral life. So that's, that's, that's a huge issue. It's like, that's why you, you have to say something. Yeah. So anyway, that's the only thing that's, that was, that was on my head. I don't know. Is there, is, are there any other thoughts that you may have, Mike, to encourage, I guess, people to, to share? I mean, I can, I could ramble for probably quite a bit longer, but I think that, I think that right now focus on the basics that, that pray, pursue, persuade, memorize that gospel acronym, just let it become part of you. And, and, and then look for those opportunities, okay. take the risk, yeah. jump off that cliff. You know what I mean? Like step yeah. in faith and, and have that conversation with someone. And, and even if it's just asking that first question, Hey, what, what do you think about Jesus? See where the conversation goes. Yeah. So Mike, thank you for, for sharing, you know, as we bring this episode to a close, I, I really do want to encourage people to um, just be praying and just being obedient to the spirit, how, how God leads. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close us in prayer and then we'll, we'll go from there. Father God, I, I thank you for the opportunities that we have, Lord, to just to be your servants, to be your light in the world. Father, I, I pray for every listener who is listening now, Lord, I pray that you would use us. Lord, give us the opportunities to share your gospel. Give us um, just that desire to see our friends, our loved ones come to know you. Father, if there is something that kind of hangs us back, Lord, I pray that you would just reveal to us where it is that you're calling us to grow and trust in you. And Lord, I, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would give us a joy to see you at work through us. Lord, I pray this for all of our listeners. In your name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to Ancient Ways for Modern Days, a ministry of Valley Christian Fellowship. If you'd like to check out more resources or even connect with us, go to vcflongview.org.